Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, Angela Duns, LinkedIn badass. Angela, how's your week going? It has been one of the most interesting weeks I've had in my career. It has really helped me to dig into my creative problem-solving bag of tricks. Oh, well, we've got to hear more. So what's going on this week? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think, Alay, part of it is some people aren't aren't willing yet to say, are we post-pandemic? Are we? And markets have changed and marketing has changed. And the way we do business with each other, and I think our priorities and some of those things have changed and adapting and really being creative and open-minded is really the name of the game right now. Sure. Share with me a couple of examples of what you mean. I'm working with two people who are forming a partnership. Most people would consider them competitors. They do recruiting. One of them does in-house recruiting and the other one does offshore recruiting. And they've seen a way to complement each other. And their challenge is really trying to come up with what is the the value proposition that we offer and how do we co-brand this new project. So it's really kind of an exciting challenge to really think about how to blend the services of these businesses without taking away from their individual strengths. So this is cool because you may or may not know, but my colleague Gary Johnson and I, Gary does business coaching for attorneys focused on the, the law firm space. And Obviously, with Law Firm Success Group, we work with small attorney, uh, small law firm owners to build their book of business. A lot of people consider Gary and I to be competitors. We don't consider ourselves to be competitors at all. <laughs> and where you come into this, we actually, um, I helped Gary set up a venture called LinkedIn for Lawyers, which he is now taken with and, and is running with. So love that you're helping those folks out. It's definitely connects, I think, to your, to your work with LinkedInBadass.com. Um, but tell me more about you know this gig and and how you got involved, the full scope of what you're doing with these folks, because it sounds really interesting. It's a lot of question asking and a lot of exploration. What is it that both of you would like to get out of this partnership? How do you complement each other? You know, the main thing is that value proposition. And then how do you want to blend the brands so that neither one of them is obscured completely, and they both can stand up with each other. So it is a really interesting project, and I love a good challenge. And so it's really interesting coming up with, you know, how to come up with a banner for their company page and for the new website. You know, how do you come up with a name that blends the two together? And so a lot of what I do for attorneys and CPAs, wealth managers, is this whole, how do you brand yourself on LinkedIn so that you can stand out and differentiate yourself? This is so cool. And attorney entrepreneurs, if you're listening, this is the hallmark of a true marketing pro. So instead of just saying, no, well, I can you know update your headline on LinkedIn and give me a new profile picture on LinkedIn and all that. Angela is digging deeper to ask the really relevant questions. And whether you're getting your LinkedIn profile updated with Angela or whether you're updating your website or whether you're working with us on growing law firm, 
these are the kinds of questions that a really good marketing professional should be asking you. So Angela, that's fantastic to hear. Great job. And I'm sure your clients are going to be very happy with how things turn out. Before we dive totally into the weeds, <laughs> tell us a little bit about your firm. <laughs> I think we're already there, Alay. <laughs> well, I started 10 years ago. I moved to California with my shiny new MBA to be a CMO of marketing or a director of marketing, and it never happened. And it really is kind of an accident how I ended up doing LinkedIn, but I am so glad that things worked out the way they did. So I've been doing what I do for 10 years. And I'm telling you, 10 years ago, when you told people that you do business development for small businesses on LinkedIn, the response I would usually get is, you're going to starve. It wasn't the thing 10 years ago. And I was absolutely determined that I was going to help people learn how to use LinkedIn to build their business. It has been such an incredible ride, and I'm so happy. And it just keeps improving and get bit, getting better all the time. That's awesome, Angela. Congratulations on uh, on really branding yourself and building a business uh, based off of LinkedIn. And with the attorney entrepreneurs that are listening here, what are some some signs that say you know whether it's results or lack of results that that say that you know what your LinkedIn profile needs a tune up or you need a shift in your LinkedIn strategy? Well, it, that is a very interesting question. So many times, what happens is, especially for my attorney and CPA clients. Either somebody in their firm has had a big success or they've heard of somebody that has had a big success on LinkedIn and they're like, oh my gosh, LinkedIn really works and we need to get on this bandwagon. You know, they're usually very late to the party, very underdressed, and they want to get up to speed immediately. Those are my funnest projects because I like to move with people who are committed and want to move fast. So really looking at how are they presenting themselves on LinkedIn and is it in their best way possible to differentiate themselves in the market. If they're a small boutique firm, what is their specialty? If they're a rainmaker inside a larger organization, what is that special something something that sets them apart? Got it. And what would you say is the number one mistake that you see professional service people make on LinkedIn? That's another great question. The number one mistake that I see people make is they still are thinking of LinkedIn sort of like an online resume. And so that's all about you. I did this. I won that award. I've accomplished this. That is a terrible mistake. LinkedIn is really about what you can do for your ideal client. So what are the results they can enjoy working with you that they might not experience working with somebody else? What is that special thing that you bring to the table that maybe no one else has? So you really want to say, what is the pain point that you help make go away? What is the service that you provide? Yeah, I, I see so many uh, attorneys, if, you know, assuming they're on LinkedIn, their headline will say something like attorney. Their about <laughs> section will be, you know, largely blank or it'll be some really very kind of stale stuff that's in there. With LinkedIn, because it did start off as a you know job search kind of platform, and it still does that very well. But now this other component where it's really a networking and business development community. Angela, if someone was to really focus, and I'm talking about attorneys here, if they were to really focus on building their brand on LinkedIn, 
What are some of the results that are realistic to expect? Because attorneys get sold to nonstop and there's all sorts of you know services filling up the LinkedIn inbox saying, you know what, we're going to give you tons of clients delivered right to your inbox, blah, 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 blah. But what are realistic expectations for using a tool like LinkedIn? Well, when I talk to attorneys, one of the things that I tell them is the best use of LinkedIn for you is really to make it clear to your referral partners what it is that you do so that it's so much easier for them to refer you. And the other thing is the American Bar Association says that 94% of attorney referrals, people who are referred to you from other attorneys, are going to look at your LinkedIn profile first to decide whether they're going to follow up on that referral referral or not. So the best thing you can do is make sure that you have a great above the fold view banner, profile photo, headline, well-branded for your firm with you know the logo, maybe a tagline on your banner, your practice area and the problem that you solve. And then the first paragraph of your about section should be client focused. Not about you, but about the service that you provide for others. Excellent advice. And and folks, above the fold means basically just what you see when you pull up LinkedIn. You don't have to scroll down to see more. So, uh, and Angela, you spot on, uh, totally agree. Part of it is having that updated profile so that when people check you from a credibility perspective, you check out, which is awesome. There's that other component too, which is all about branding and thought leadership. And I know that's something that you're involved with too. Tell us a little bit about the possibilities of establishing oneself as a thought leader, actually what that even means. Let's start there and then how LinkedIn can help. Thought leadership is something that attorneys seem to be embracing much more willingly in the last two or three years. I spoke at the Baker McKenzie, their Americas conference, and the theme of that entire conference was thought leadership. So thought leadership is something that can really help you stand out from other people. It's really defining a very small niche inside your practice area that you've become very finely focused on. And you just join those conversations that are relevant to whatever that thought leadership piece is. And I'll give you a more definitive example. I'm working with an attorney who's at the pinnacle of his career, and his passion project is helping municipalities reduce domestic gun violence. It's a very specific space. He's written articles for the American Bar Association, and I'm working with him on using LinkedIn as a platform for him to become a thought leader. And it's working really well, and it's a project that I am completely gung-ho about. I would love to see him be very successful in this specific project. But we get together and regularly come up with postings. You know, there have been a lot of things in the news lately about these new smart guns and lots of other things. So he just chimes into these conversations, gunshot detection software, other things. So he is inviting himself into these conversations and inviting others into these conversations and really positioning himself as an expert in that field. That is thought leadership. And to your point, it's it's so natural for attorneys to do this. Attorneys have been doing this for a long time, but I think the idea of it, calling it thought leadership and giving attorneys permission to say, you know what, it's really okay to go super deep in a very specific 
type of case or a subset of the law. That's not only permissible now, it's encouraged. That is yes. something I think that's a lot maybe maybe newer than than in the past. But if we think back on things, a lot of the attorneys that have built really amazing practices over decades have done so by embracing thought leadership, even though it wasn't called that at the time, but it is now. And joining platforms like LinkedIn, where you can connect with others in who play in that space, as well as speaking on the subject and writing on the subject, getting involved in other organizations and branding oneself as a thought leader can be incredibly powerful and really can build one's practice. The fun part about that is that it's usually an aspect of the law that the attorney really enjoys doing. So you get to do something <laughs> you're really good at. You get to do something you really enjoy. You can explore your intellectual curiosity and you can build your book of business. That is really, really awesome. Well, and there are so many ways that this is the gift that keeps on giving because it increases your visibility exponentially. You have instant credibility if you are invited into certain conversations. And so the trust factor is just something that happens naturally from thought leadership. So it really greases the wheels for business and opportunities, whether they're speaking, you know, which again, increases your visibility or meetings so that you can join these different conversations. You know, it depends on the exact thought leadership, but there's lots of opportunities within that. Absolutely. So I want to jump back to LinkedIn here for a moment. Attorneys are very aware of the time that they're spending on marketing and as as they should be. You know, there's a formula that that we that we preach at law firm success group called the 2010-5 rule. If you're listening and you want more information, you can jump on our website and get more information about that. But it basically lays out how much time you should be spending on business development and marketing if you want to grow your your practice. And so, Angela, when you're working with a client and you know they're looking to get results on LinkedIn, about how much time should they allocate on like a weekly basis uh, to be on LinkedIn? Well, it really depends. I try to teach habits that are sustainable. And so those kind of have to fit into whatever your routine or, you know, your MO around LinkedIn or social media might be. And I try to come up with ways to make it super easy. I use text replacement on my iPhone. So I can very quickly be sending all kinds of messages, even if I'm standing in line at the grocery store, <laughs> waiting for my turn. So I really try to encourage little things that help people be very effective on LinkedIn. Auto Text Expander is another one of the little productivity tools that I use so that you can send lots of messages and still personalize them very quickly. Birthday, anniversary, congratulations, welcome to my network, all sorts of little things. But in a nutshell, I say you should be spending at least an hour nurturing your relationships and catching up with people that you haven't connected with yet that you might have met during the week. Ideally, if you have 10 minutes a day, that can make a huge difference. But that's a stretch for some people to commit to 10 minutes every day. So maybe it's an hour on a Sunday that you sit down and sort of catch up with who are the people I met 
with this week that I need to connect with on LinkedIn? Who's celebrating something that I need to send a congratulations to? What can I comment on in the newsfeed that is relevant to my practice area so that I'm adding to the conversation and creating my own credibility at the same time? You know, there's a new feature on LinkedIn, collaborative articles, and that's a great place to jump into relevant conversations and learn more and show off your own expertise. So I, I want to get your hot take on this. We're going to talk about systems here in a little bit, but one of the one of the things about LinkedIn is there are lots of automated LinkedIn tools that exist out there. These are third-party tools that people can buy or subscribe to, and they will go out and use LinkedIn to make connections. Uh, you can send messages very efficiently to hundreds of people potentially using these tools. You've got that. You've got you know, uh, you can actually hire people to post LinkedIn stuff for you manually, or you could do it yourself. And Angela, what are your thoughts on those three methods? Boy, that's a loaded gun right there. The third-party automation is actually in violation of your user agreement on LinkedIn. So it is not something that I recommend. I've had lots of people come to me and they say, Angela, I'm in LinkedIn jail. Can you help me get out? <laughs> And unfortunately, that's not something that I can help them with. If you're in violation of that user agreement, you're on your own with LinkedIn. So I don't recommend using those third party, you know, send out 100 invitations a week or 150 or whatever it is that they use. And, you know, it's kind of a spray and pray method. It can be successful, but it has to be done very well to be successful. Now, the automation tool that I said, it's really just a text replacement tool. It is not an illegal form of automation. It's a productivity tool that definitely can help you. And I usually encourage, I work with a lot of small boutique firms. So generally they will have an admin or an executive assistant. With any luck, they might be somewhat savvy at social media, and I can work with them to help them use things like Buffer and other scheduling tools so that they're making things really easy for the firm to be visible on LinkedIn and, you know, to share information throughout the office. Hey, you know, so-and-so just shared a blog about naturalization. Can you guys share it to your networks as well? But just coming up with some really easy ways to gain a lot of visibility effectively within a small boutique firm. Awesome. Awesome. That makes a ton of sense. And I completely echo your comments with regards to the automated third-party tools that are in violation. Definitely not something that uh, you as an attorney or entrepreneur want to take your chance at doing. I know people whose profiles have been erased from LinkedIn. They simply vanished and other people have had their accounts locked out. So it's just not worth it. And it really is helpful to have, you know, LinkedIn system or system for using LinkedIn. And that's thing, that's something that, you know, we work on, Angela works, works on as well. And speaking of systems, Angela, one of the things that you mentioned is that you're dealing with some issues implementing systems in your firm as well. So kind of lay that out for us because I know a lot of uh, attorney entrepreneurs, that is their number one challenge is implementing systems. Yes. And for me, one of my big 
time involvements is onboarding new clients and make sure that they have all of the right things. You know, they have the invoice, they have what's next, they have a checklist so that they know what's coming up. You know, their first appointment has been scheduled. And so I am using a CRM that helps me with all of that. For each of the packages that I have, it's an automated system that helps me keep in touch with my clients in a very effective way. So developing those systems systems is something, you know, we don't have more time. What we need is more time. And so anything that can be automated, that's really simple. I'm trying to get that into my systems. And for example, I'm putting together a learning platform. There are so many things that I'm telling people over and over again when I'm working with them. You know, one of them is how to ask for recommendations. So I have a whole unit. It's a page on my learning platform that's all about how do you ask for them? How do you do it on LinkedIn? What is the best best method for that? Um, do you have to be a first connection on LinkedIn to ask for a recommendation? So it goes very effectively through all of the steps beginning to end on how to ask for a recommendation on LinkedIn. So it's something that's available to my clients forever. Once they've signed up for one of my top two packages, they can tap into my learning platform and have all of these simple things easily available to them. Yeah, it's interesting. When when you, we do learning platforms, we've had one on Law Firm's Success Group now for many years, and it continues to just grow and expand. And it's cool to have all the information there. What And some of my clients use it, but most of our clients what they're interested in is saving time. And when it comes to saving time, they'd much rather give us a call or shoot us an email and say, hey, you know, I'm having this challenge. Can we jump on a quick call or a Zoom meeting and just work through it rather than having us refer them to a video uh, that they then have to watch and then they then have to apply. So it was interesting because I, I thought too that um, you know, having this library is so, so helpful. But you know who uses it the most uh, in our team, Angela, are our coaches. Uh, we use the same, um, yeah, we use the same videos to train new coaches that we share with our clients. And that's actually the biggest, the biggest customer is our coaches will go in and they'll, they'll listen to that before they jump on a session with a client uh, or whatnot, just so they're at the very top of their game when they have a coaching session. So it's been invaluable for us as a training tool of all things. <laughs> and that's great too. You know, and everybody has their own preferred learning method, you know, so that's something that I'd like to discover right away is, are you much more likely to pick up the, the phone and call me and ask me something? Or would you like to be able to find it on your own? Are you a self-starter? So those are really important pieces of the whole onboarding process. Yeah. So Angela, tell us a little bit about what you're excited about with uh, LinkedInBadass.com over the next year or so. Well, I'm putting together a KPIs on LinkedIn mini course, and I'm super excited about it. Um, you, I'm sure that you're familiar, very familiar with the SSI score. You know, LinkedIn has threatened to get away, to do away with it a couple of different times, and they haven't been able to because the outcry has been so big. So I have a whole lesson on how to how to really estimate that and where you should be as an attorney or a solopreneur within that one to 100 range of SSI scores that you can get and how you can improve the four different um, core areas of that SSI score. Lesson number two is network math, which I think is so interesting. 
no two networks are alike, and they're certainly not all equal. You know, we all have some people that have less than 500 members in their network, and some of our connections have networks that are 30,000 or 100,000 if they're influencers. And how does that really play out in your visibility? Because I'm connected to an awful lot of influencers, my network is 25% of the 1 billion people on LinkedIn. That's how far that extends because of my connections. So your connections do matter, but the quality of that is even more important than the numbers. But it really plays out in your visibility. If you are posting or you're working at being a thought leader, the size and the quality of your network do play into that. And there's a couple of other KPIs that I can't wait to share in this mini course. Got it. Awesome. And Angela, if people want to reach you and get in touch with you, what's the best way? <laughs> kind of a silly question, but what's the best way for them to do that? Angela Duns on LinkedIn. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Angela, thank you so much for your time today on Lawyer Business Advantage. Really appreciate your thoughts on LinkedIn. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me, LA. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.